0: All right.
1: Episode of BAM, that's Boris and Matt Weekly, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and then at the end we bring it all together to chat some sports entertainment. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt.
0: Bonjour, and how's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. We hope you had a good Thanksgiving. If you're listening from Canada, it was Canadian Thanksgiving. Boris, do you have any turkey? Did you have any
1: pumpkin I- pie? I did! I actually did. That was my Sunday. Uh, we, we typically do that on the Sunday uh, because, you know, on the Monday, we, we're off, and it's just easier to, to get the get the family, get the band together on a Sunday, rather than a Monday, the day before work and school and whatever. And especially this week, because my brother, he's still traveling back forth between the coasts, uh, and he's actually leaving oh, okay. Tuesday morning uh, to the West Coast for a few days. Uh, short trip this time, but... Uh, but yeah, yeah, you know, the Aguilar Tomasino boy is always, uh, always traveling.
0: Nice, yeah, always on the road, on the road again. Just can't yep. wait to be on the road again. Yeah, exactly. Man. Well, that's
1: good. Happy Thanksgiving, big homie. Happy Thanksgiving to you, man. It's uh, It's been quite the week, and we have a busy as hell show and a busy as hell week. But uh, we'll, we'll talk about the week in a little bit. But on this show, we're going to be chatting some... Blue Jays blunder, for lack of a better term. I guess we might as well talk about the rest of the playoffs. Set up the divisional series. I have a few hypothetical questions for you. Uh, We talked about this a little bit, but, uh, you know, hold on to your seats. Hold on to your groins. Pucker up those asses because I got some good stuff coming, some good questions coming. It's going to be one of those shows. I told you I'm in one of those moods. (laughs) It's funny when I say one of those moods. I actually mean a good mood. (laughs)
0: <laughs> That's not right. That shouldn't be. You should always be in one of these moves.
1: <laughs> Anyways, we're going to be chatting some baseball. We're going to be doing our weekly NFL coverage. uh Quickly chat some F1, minor uh, footnotes on the F1. Uh, we have some entertainment. You got some uh, horror, spooky stuff to talk about. I got some wrestling shows to talk about. Um, and then we're going to shift it to wrestling we got tons of wrestling we got impact we got gcw and then we got new japan pro wrestling all at you this week man tons on the go and uh, just seems to be the theme of this week go 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 yeah man yeah
0: we also have a little thing we want to talk about Wednesday afternoon but yeah we also have a Bray Wyatt return we're gonna talk about and perhaps a spooky faction to tie in with the general spooky vibes Halloween, et cetera. But yeah uh there's a little a little something something happening at the Rhino 1249 Queen Street West from one to five on Wednesday afternoon big home. where is it?
1: It is the Rhino 1249 Queen Street West. So we're going to be at 1249 Queen Street West this Wednesday, October the 12th from 1 to 5 p.m. Is that what you're telling me? I think so.
0: Getting absolutely gore, gore. Just, <laughs> just liquored, you know. No, not, it's not going to be too bad. I need to be sober for dynamite. But uh, we're going to be having some fun. There's some guests. There's some giveaways. We'd love to see you out there if, uh, if you're off work or you can take the day off work on wednesday come on by to the rhino 1249 queen street west
1: yep as matt just said 1249 queen street west i love how we did this like completely on the spot
0: <laughs> yeah man hey we're, we're good uh sponsors holler at us we need more money for doing this <laughs> all right hey, we're, giving away,
1: we're the- giving away gold material for almost free <laughs>
0: You know, geez, uh, I, I I always want to continue doing this for free every week, but we could we could get paid for some sponsors. Maybe we we'll get some get some listeners. We'll show we'll show you how uh, passionate a fan base we have at this bar on Wednesday, October 12th, 1 to 5 p.m. Anyway, uh, where is it? Much I likely, don't know. Where are we going to uh, be? I believe it's the Rhinoceros Bar 1249 Queen Street West.
1: Yep. It's just a hop step and a skip away step away from uh, coca-cola coliseum just remember number one free admission number two pay for your own shit number three do not drink and drive nays pa drinkage nays pa driving or if you are drinking don't drive i should say uh yeah again, drinking, we take uh, that highly super highly serious encouraged. like i know how we can get i know how wrestling fans can be i've seen people at the rhino try to make it to bemo field and it, uh, you know, some stuff happens sometimes, uh, but let's like, in all seriousness, if you're going to be having some, some, some pops, some adult pops, do not drive yourself to the Coca-Cola Coliseum. There's transit, there's Ubers, there's cabs. I'm pretty sure that, uh, I will even be inebriated enough to carry at least two people to the Coca-Cola Coliseum on my back.
0: <laughs> That's bold. Uh, But hey man, yeah, well put, well said I couldn't agree with you more The Uber, Lyft, TTC, buses So many ways to get down there Do not drink and drive, but definitely drink If you want to have some fun We encourage
1: that, especially at the Rhino 1249 Queen Street Rest yeah, They have, honestly, their selection of beer is insane The amount of taps that they have Unreal, the amount of cans they hold It's like they have like 140 something different types of beer Like, the mouth is just gonna be Dan Levransky, he is just going to be, like, moving into that place.
0: <laughs> Get a residency at the old uh, the old Rhino, 1249 Queen Street West? Well, that's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, we got to start going, though. Uh, we can't dilly-dally any longer. I think we should start with uh, Draymond Green in true all-elite fashion <laughs> punching a fucking teammate in the jaw. Did you see this video
1: of Draymond absolutely unloading on Swaggy Pool, Jordan Pool? I did see this. Now, what's amazing is earlier today, maybe like even 10 minutes ago, uh, when I was prepping, mentally prepping for the show, um, I, I came across an article saying that apparently TMZ most likely spent under 10K for this video. That's insane. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah.
0: We 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 could have pulled together somebody and ran that on bam. Got yeah. name out there. That's amazing. But yeah, no, I don't think it was probably about somebody leaking it to TMZ. Right? I don't think it was about financial game. I, I think it was about kind of like fuck Draymond. Whoever did it, I'm not saying it was a player, right? But like somebody oh. in the organization. I think that's clearly what clearly what happened. I'm not trying to be conspiracy guy, but
1: no, agreed, agreed. But yeah, no. The the video is just like he unloaded on him. He basically went up there, uh, with a with a, with a box of muffins and told him what's up.
0: Yes, yeah, it's straight up, yeah. So that was a it was an altercation during practice. Swaggy Pool shoved Draymond when Draymond got in Swaggy's face, and Draymond responded by cold cocking this guy in the head. It looked very violent. To his credit, Draymond Green has. Uh, kind of handled this well publicly. He hasn't gone on his own podcast and bitched about it. He said he, he apologized, needed uh, to grow up, uh, and, and is taking a leave of absence. And I think he's going to work to regain the trust. It's actually a stark uh, contrast of what's happened in AEW, really. It seems like there's still drama in beef uh, in the AEW situation, whereas it really does seem like Draymond Green is trying to squash it. But it's funny. We had video... Of a very similar similar situation to the CM Punk, very similar situation to the Andrade stuff happening in AEW, and it was Draymond Green cold cocking a teammate, and yeah. people like Swaggy Pool too a lot. That, that didn't help the situation.
1: That's exactly the thing, right? Like if it was, I, I can't even think of a player that like people unanimously hate, right? Um, LeBron maybe uh, for some reason. <laughs> like really, like honestly, like there's a lot of people who don't like him, right? So if he got cold punch people would be praising it but it was someone that is generally loved around the nba so who knows exactly what sparked all this right
0: i think lebron has the respect of most of the players i think he's kind of like the elder statesman at this point there was a time though where he probably would have uh he, that, that would have been true i don't know if that is anymore i think he's risen to like the old baby face status you know
1: too old. You're around so long that no matter what you do, you're gonna be a face, kind of like that Ric Flair uh, type exactly. of uh, thing. Exactly right. Like yeah, no matter
0: no matter what. Like that first time Christian came out, like or whatever. Like it, it, when he's gonna come out in Toronto, they're gonna to cheer Christian no matter what. Chris Jericho, same thing. He's gonna get cheered first time no matter what.
1: Okay. Put a pin on those two for the wrestling talk because that's some of the hypothetical questions that I have for you as we lean into dynamite. Uh, but interesting, yeah. Um, and I have I have a lot. I I'm throwing a lot your way this week. Anyways, so yeah, that Draymond Green stuff was. Uh, I don't know why, but like men generally, men who who uh, who who watch sports for people who make fun of soap operas they love watching this shit go down right like the whole cm punk situation the whole andrade stuff the draymond green fights like we live for this backstage uh real life stuff
0: That's true. In many ways, it's more entertaining than the actual product. Sometimes when the product is stale or something, definitely, but especially in the preseason and Hey, man, it's just like, it's an interesting story. It's, it's really, though it happens a lot and a lot of people near the situation have said, man, I've been in fights. There's been 20 fights in my career and practice. Like the difference is we saw it this time and that's part of living in 2022, whatever, but man, it is it is notable when you fucking see it with your own eyes, you know
1: yeah, exactly. all right, so that's that situation in 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 San Francisco. what else is going on? What else do he got for me?
0: Uh, Well, we can talk a little bit of the National Football League. I feel like we should do that pretty close to uh, the hop here. So we had a terrible Thursday night game. One of the worst I've ever seen, literally of all time. Colts beat the Broncos 12 to 9. Broncos continue to be the most disappointing team in all of professional sports.
1: Yeah, it's unreal how bad they are. It is truly
0: depressing.
1: It is just ridiculous how bad they've gotten.
0: They sold so much of their future for Russell Wilson, who looks completely done. Their awesome young running back, Javante Williams, out, I think, for the season with the ACL injury. So, yeah, it's rough times for Broncos fans. In jolly old England, we had the Giants pulling off an upset over the Packers. Four and one New York football Giants, Boris. They're the surprise team. They're the surprise in, in the good way.
1: In a good way. In a good way. Um, yeah. They are more of a surprise than the Eagles. Like, everyone thought the Giants would kind of be a, like, not a joke, but not four and one.
0: Not four and one. I thought they were going to be pretty decent, but not this good. Yeah. The Eagles, I thought, were actually a, a true Super Bowl contender. I, I'm not very surprised. Maybe surprised that they're undefeated, but I thought the Eagles were going to be pretty good. So, yeah, Patriots looking like they're maybe riding the ship a little bit with this Zappy. This Bailey Zappi under center Patriots destroy the Lions twenty nine to nothing.
1: Yeah, well, when you face the Lions, come on.
0: Yeah, the Lions are yeah the Lions, the Lions gonna lion no great shakes.
1: Lions, Lions gonna indeed lie
0: in. gonna lion. In. Yeah, the Cleveland Browns lose again. Looks like they're kind of just waiting for Deshaun Watson to show up in a couple weeks. Uh, the Texans beat the Jaguars Reports that the Jacksonville Jaguars were good Greatly exaggerated Jacksonville had a terrible week yet again And it's it's it, That one was a was a bad beat for Trevor Lawrence Now I think you can start legitimately asking some questions
1: Yep, yeah, agreed um, eh, You know what though It's it, It's unfortunate, right Like the transition from college To Robo Sometimes it just doesn't work out for people, right uh Mark Sanchez always comes to mind.
0: That's a really good point. Yeah, man. Matt Leinart, there are a couple. Uh, yep. There are a couple. But, but Trevor Lawrence was seemingly very special as a quarterback. Yes. But then again, Kyler Murray was the same way. And it, not like he's failing, but he isn't tearing the league up like you thought he might, right? Kyler Murray, I'm pretty sure, is like the greatest high school quarterback in the history of Texas, I think, he grew up in. But he was yeah. like an absolutely incredible high school quarterback. Um, Anyway, Buccaneers beat the Falcons, and they do it without Julio Jones. That would have been a Julio revenge game if he were healthy. So I think next time they play, the Buccaneers are going to beat the Falcons by even more.
1: Yeah. All right. Let's talk about that hit on Brady that they called a foul.
0: Yeah. uh, It was – yeah, if you didn't see it, there was like a a perfectly legal – a clean tackle put tom brady down uh and they called roughing the passer on it classic friendly brady call you know what man this has been happening happening since what 2007 at least his entire career honestly we're dolphins fans how many times we fucking see this that doesn't surprise me it's like saying the sun rose in the west east i don't know sun may rise in the east at least it's settled in a frontier location anyway buddy uh I don't know much about the sun, but what I do know is that Tom Brady gets calls.
1: That's yep. what I know. No, that's exactly it. You know, then that's the thing. It makes me laugh. Like, now it's getting attention just because of, like, you know, people are more interested. Again, another example. People are more interested in Tom Brady's personal life and his marriage than what he's accomplishing and has accomplished on the field.
0: Yes, yes. Well, we talk about it enough. It's funny that my knowledge of science came from the red hot chili peppers there. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, Buffalo over the Steelers, 38 to three, a thrashing. Jets over Dolphins, 40 to 17, a thrashing. We had Skylar Thompson in a seventh round draft pick in at quarterback. So, yeah, that's it's not going well. You never want a kid who you picked in, in the final round of the draft an hour and a half ago, starting in week five.
1: Exactly. That's exactly <laughs> it. Remember when we made the me- the reference to any given Sunday last uh, week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not happening is,
0: here. Is Skyler Thompson our Jamie Fox? I think no.
1: Not. He is not. Not at all. But yeah, Dolphins. Dolphins. I think are they're a 500 team. You know, they are a 500 team. They're not better. They're not worse. Uh, I think this is what to expect with the Dolphins, especially with you know, well. Tua gone.
0: Yeah, I actually think even with Bridgewater they might be like 9 and 8, 10 and 7. I think with Tua they're like a, a 10 and 7, 11 and 5ish, 11 and 6ish, you know, kind of team. I think they'd be above 500 with Tua, but who knows when Tua is coming back. So yeah, times for the Dolphins. Uh I wonder maybe maybe they'll try to go get a backup quarterback of note out there, although there are other quarterbacks who are falling. Could you imagine if the Dolphins called up Tennessee and they're like, hey, Tennessee, you have Malik Willis. You have your quarterback of the future. What about this Ryan Tannehill fella? <laughs> Dude, I,
1: <laughs> I could see this happening. Honestly, I, oh, I, I, I forgot who I was talking to over the weekend. And I literally said, somehow, some way, I can feel in my gut of guts that Tannehill is going to end up as a Dolphin again.
0: I fucking hope not, but we could see it. All right, let's go to the NFC. Vikings defeat the Bears. 49ers defeat the Panthers, who look like shit and fired their coach. Doesn't surprise me. The Panthers are a huge disappointment this year. Uh, the Eagles defeat the Cardinals, like we said. They're looking nice, nice. The Saints and the Seahawks had an entertaining game. Seahawks, 39, or Seahawks, 32, Saints, 39. So the Seahawks, yet again, involved in an entertaining game. This
1: team is scrappy in Seattle. Yeah, they are um i don't know man i don't know i I, sometimes i just don't know seahawks i don't know they are scrappy i don't know they're
0: a little better than uh than i thought anyway also the rams disappointing uh the cowboys defeat the rams very surprised the cowboys are doing so well with cooper rush barely playing quarterback but getting it done
1: it just goes to show you how good everyone else is like let's be honest there
0: yeah, absolutely. So, yes, yeah, so just quickly looking at it, Buffalo and Kansas City look like the best teams in the AFC. The AFC South is a terrible division. Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Nobody has any clue who's going to win that division. Could be Tennessee. In the NFC, the Eagles are 5-0. and They're looking great. Somehow the Cowboys and Giants in the same division are both 4-1. and Both are big shocks there. I love the 49ers. I've been <laughs> talking them up all Friggin' year
1: yeah in the nfc east and then there's the commanders
0: yes yes the commanders yeah they lost to the titans this week the commanders are bad at one and four in the nfc east they are shite but yeah so in terms of exciting teams in the nfc we do have the eagles undefeated cowboys and giants both playing way above their head we'll see if one of them or both can keep that up and like i said watch out for the 49ers because they're going to be the team who actually wins the nfc
1: you think so? You're, you're still that. You're still putting your money on them.
0: I I literally have put money on them, and I will continue to ride them. I do think that will be the case.
1: Yeah. Eh, let's see. Let's see. I think the Rams are going to pick it up. I think the Rams are 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 destined to to do better.
0: I hope so, but man, they didn't look good losing twenty two to ten to the Cowboys. But the Cowboys have a real something. They're playing hard. They have that nobody believes in us factor. Everyone wrote them off when Dak Prescott went out, man.
1: Before that, like let's be honest, I think the Cowboys are sick and tired of being the butt of jokes.
0: Absolutely, they they have been for so long. Uh, we should also talk on the uh, Sunday nighter: Ravens defeat the Bengals on the strength of Justin Tucker kicking another game-winning field goal. The greatest kicker to ever do it. We're watching him, and we should appreciate that he's helped Baltimore win so many games that they would not have won if they had even an average kicker, let alone like. A, a normal hall of famer you know what i
1: mean yep yep exactly that that, that game was actually pretty good it was, it was entertaining
0: yeah it was all right definitely a little bit of a slug fast but that's
1: good from time to time
0: so yes we have raiders versus chiefs starting in about 15 minutes
1: from when we were recording this yep and we have monday night raw starting about four minutes from when we are recording this
0: by God, Boris. Okay, do you want to vamp about the Jays for a bit? I'll find a oh hair tie, put my God, hair up, we'll let me, really let, get into this where, one. What do I even
1: get? Where, where do I even start with this? All right, so um, the Jays. So I wasn't planning to attend any of the games whatsoever. I, I thought, sure, watch them on TV, whatever. Uh, but on Friday night, Friday afternoon, my buddy Kevin O'Leary, he sends me a message and he's basically like, hey, I think I can get us cheap tickets. And I'm like, how cheap is cheap? I didn't really look at StubHub or anything. And tickets are like hovering at 50 bucks. And we're looking at like, you know, just to get into the Skydome, it's costing 200 bucks. So 50 bucks, that's, that's pretty damn good. That's a, a fraction, a quarter of the cost. So I'm like, yes, let's do this. Um, but I couldn't on Friday because I still had some work. And I was honestly exhausted from just the week that was and traveling and all that. So I'm like, okay. Whatever I'll watch this game, let's try to aim for tomorrow. So Friday night, looking around, tickets are hovering around 40 bucks, you know, 45 bucks, 40 bucks. Then Saturday morning, at like nine in the morning, we see them just dip to like you know 25, 30. bought the tickets for 30 bucks each.
0: That's unbelievable, man. At least yeah. it wasn't a, a big financial loss.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. That's why I'm like whatever, it is what it is. Uh, at least that's what I'm saying now. But like <laughs> <laughs> but like honestly, like um makes me wonder why. Like where where is the bandwagon? I remember remember back in 2015-16 it was impossible to find tickets uh you know it's like it's kind of like rampage tickets right like what the hell is going on with rampage tickets we'll talk about in a little bit um but yeah so 30 bucks you know did the pre-game stuff went to hurricane's bar uh proud uh uh, sponsor of great lakes there um so just like us went to the skydome Sat down, got some king size beers, the Budweisers, seven hundred and forty milliliters, sixteen dollars for that, which is a good deal when you think about it.
0: Yeah, no, it's not that bad for a ballpark, honestly. I saw that, saw you cranking those on Insta.
1: Yep, had a few of those, but yeah, the game was great for first half. Of the game felt like a million bucks. It was great. Things are going great. Robbie Ray goes down in th- in the in the fourth inning. Uh, you know, Gossman is looking fantastic at this point. Things are going beautiful. Offense is looking pretty damn good compared to the night before. Defense is half decent. Things are looking wonderful. And then Merrifield gets a fastball straight to the head.
0: Yeah, so that was a that was the start of the unraveling. Whit Merrifield gets a fastball to the head. He leaves the game. Raymond Tapia comes in. Not that Tapia is like bad, but I would have much rather had veteran Whit in there. Tapia is a little bit of a wild card, and he was actually the final out. It yeah. was it was Tapia. Could have been Whit Merrifield, and he that went. would have been interesting. Yeah,
1: exactly. With someone on base, right? So, yeah. it was just tough at that point, like the unraveling started, but here's where things really changed. And let's talk about this a little bit. Bases loaded. Gossman loads the bases on his own. Um, He, you know, and works himself to two strikeouts. Then Schneider, our coach, makes the change, calls for the bullpen on the with two outs down. Nobody has more – okay, so nobody has more motivation to get that third out at this point than Gaussman himself. Why would you change him? Why would you go to the bullpen? And this is why I hate analytics. I hate, um, you know, machines making decisions for you. Coaches like, Dave, like Roberts from the Dodgers, Kevin Cashman does this as well. They use numbers way too much, and they make horrible decisions in the playoffs that cost their team, like, championships um you know i understand why he did it because of the whole new rule uh where you have to have the uh the the pitcher up for three batters i know that's why he did it and on the change of an inning that goes away so that's why he did that but no one has more motivation to get that third out than gaussman dude just 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 Go with your gut. Use your eyes. Stop looking at numbers. Stop listening to others. Go with what you think is best. And that's where the unraveling happened. Gossman goes out, um, you know, and, and then everything, a complete unraveling happened. And what more can we say about that inning, right? They ended up tying the inning in one of the most fluke ways humanly possible. It was a blip right between second and center field. Bo Bichette. Takes out our all-star center fielder George Springer. Completely takes him out with a knee to the head, and that in itself is like, what the hell are you thinking? Like this is where the the youth of these guys is hurting them because at no point is that the inner these the infield the infielders ball. Nine out of ten times, nine point nine point 9. nine out of ten times, without calling it, it is the outfielders. So that was just one of those things where just like, you know, experience, lack of experience in the playoffs especially, and nerves and the unraveling and everything going on just kind of took over. So that was the nail on the coffin at that point. That ended up tying the game on a bloop hit between second and center field. You allow three runs. The only reason they got three runs was because the runners were just running. It was on the second out. But if they had allowed the ball to just drop and pick it up off the bounce, one, maybe two. Most likely two runs would have gone in, but not the tying run at that point.
0: Okay. So, yeah, man. It's a uh, lots to unpack there. So, yeah, going back to the sixth inning where uh, Gaussman was up. Uh, the base is loaded. He, no out. Base is loaded. Kevin Gausman strikes out two people. The fact that... Uh, Our manager, John Schneider, pulled him right there. That's going to cost him his job. Now, it it is ironic, and it's pretty dumb that, like you said, it's analytics and it's rule changes, and you explained why he did it. But he is still the face. He is still going to get the blame for that decision, and I think ultimately he will be fired for that. So that was – I said it immediately when it happened to – like with the – the score is still 8 to 5 i think at at uh, the point that i said it but yeah so gallisman is out tim maza comes in immediately gives up a run and then a three-run homer it goes from 8-1 to 8-5 and then as you said in the 8th inning we get george springer and bob beshet running into each other the benny hill theme starts playing and uh, the ghosts of maple leaf pass come to the skydome and haunt the Toronto blue Jays. So yeah, that was a, a devastating loss. One of the most devastating losses I've ever had as a sports fan ever, ever, you know, experienced, but it was like, you know what? The Jays are a young team. I'm not worried. The day after I was wearing a don't panic sweater around, uh, Toronto, Felt like that was the mood of the city. Uh, I I think we're gonna be all right. We're gonna be all right.
1: Yeah, it just sucks. It just sucks because it, it, it like this was completely avoidable. On like in so many ways, right? Now this is where the joke comes in. The year literally went to shit when Austin Matthews threw out the first pitch a few weeks ago.
0: That's hilarious. That's so funny, man. Honestly, though, like jokes jokes aside, we said in March. Literally, when we were starting to talk baseball, that the Jays' Achilles heel was going to be their bullpen, and if they don't find any bullpen arms, or just, just like starting pitching in general, but especially relief pitching, they were going to lose in the playoffs, and that's exactly what fucking happened. So I hope that the management of the Toronto Blue Jays addresses this glaring issue, and I don't think they will because I think they're stubborn about it for some reason.
1: They are. They're very stubborn about it. You know why? It's because it's coming from fans. And we know better than the fans, right? And I'm not yeah. anti- uh, atkins and shapiro i'm not i've defended them and i will continue to defend them until this off season if i do not see those improvements then i am joining the shakins out
0: <laughs> we'll see yeah i don't know i've never been a huge fan but uh i, I will we'll give it some time in the off season anyway so our final uh i guess our elite eight are set in the Major League Baseball playoffs. So in the National League we have the Phillies playing the Braves and we have the Padres playing the Los Angeles Dodgers, the California
1: series there. Yep. All right, so let's okay, go to go through the American League and I have a hypothetical question for you.
0: Cool. Okay, Yeah. American League in the West, we have the Mariners versus the Astros, and we also have the Cleveland Guardians versus the New York Yankees. So one of those eight teams will be your world champion of American baseball. If... And sometimes Canadian.
1: If Houston, the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Braves struggle in this series, they're going to revisit giving these teams a, a full week bye.
0: No, that's interesting i can see that for sure yeah if all four lose they will i bet they yeah. will
1: it, even if half of them lose like they're gonna they're gonna really take a closer look at this because you know like I, we were talking about this a few weeks ago but like really looking at it now like these are teams four teams who yeah they're in the playoffs and they're fantastic and that's why they got the buy but you're taking them off their daily routine for a week the pitchers you're taking them off their routine and if there's There's no sport where people are so routine-based and meticulous like baseball. So removing them from this routine, like think of the batters, their timing might be off. The pitchers, their routine is gone. The fielders, you know, seeing the ball off the bat, like little things like that could make a huge difference. So having a week off is huge. Meanwhile, you have the other teams who literally just went through a series in a playoff atmosphere. So I am so curious to see how this divisional series this year is going to go ha- uh, with four teams having s- a week off after a bye C series series.
0: Yeah, it'll be very interesting, man. Uh, I'm inclined to believe it doesn't really matter that much. I still think the Dodgers are like the best team and should win. The- their talent discrepancy is such in a couple of these series. But we'll see, man. It's going to be like you said, I I can't wait. It will be funny to see if, like, all four of the teams who got bys lose, and then they just completely scrap this playoff system next year.
1: Right? Like, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. But I just wanted to raise that mainly because if something happens, I'm going to say we talked about it here on BAM.
0: Ah, That's funny. All right. Uh, you uh, You have some vroom vrooms to talk about? Some vroomy, vroomy car cars?
1: Got some roomy, roomy, book car cars to talk about. Uh, Vax Verstappen looks like he's winning his second straight championship uh, after the Japanese Grand Prix. Man, there was some scary stuff going on in that Grand Prix. And the FIA, this is all I'm going to say, FIA needs to get their shit together. They need to stop referring to investigations. Uh, There was a really dangerous, dangerous situation that happened where caution trucks uh, came out. Uh, quickly after the the caution was called, and the car, some of the cars were still going at full speed.
0: Oh shit! And it yeah, was raining.
1: That's... You could barely see shit in front of you. Goddamn. Yeah. It...
0: Dangerous, man. Obviously, very dangerous. It's crazy. Like I'm not a, I, I'm not an F1 hater. I, I just don't. I'm not a car guy. But it is incredible what these guys do. They are absolutely athletes, and it's fucking crazy, man. Yep. Very.
1: Yep, so that's um that's I just wanted to quickly touch that. It looks like Red Bull is winning their second straight championship.
0: Nice. There you go. Uh shout out Red Bull. You're much better than Monster. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh all right, man. Yes, yeah. So yeah, before we move out of uh of all these things, I wanted to talk a little entertainment, little uh little spooky horror movie situation. Cause it is October. It is the spookiest of all months. Yep. So, uh, are you familiar with the streaming service Shutter?
1: Yes, I am. I used to. Uh, yeah. wonder if I wonder if I still have access to that account.
0: <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Uh, I would doubt it, but yeah. So, the, <laughs> <laughs> so. So yeah, so Shudder is doing a series called The 101 Scariest Horror Movie Moments. Now, this is not, it's not exactly a playoff of, but it's kind of like a shout out to uh, a a series in the mid-2000s, which was The 100 Scariest Movie Moments. I believe it aired on Bravo, and that was really cool. That was like at the start of like pirating and downloading and and stuff, you know what I mean? So to watch that series and finally like be able to actually see all the movies if you wanted to, or if you were able to, was actually cool, and now, with this being 2022, it's just they're updating it, and most, if not all, of them are available on Shutter or Netflix or something, right? Yeah. So it's it's just re- very educational, really cool, and it's just like, I, I I think they're not repeating movies, so theoretically, like Exorcist, you could say, or there's a couple movies that could have six, or seven on the list right but they only get one per but that's a good way to do it because they get to talk about 101 different movies and sometimes it's like a broad strokes like oh this is a old movie from argentina but sometimes it's like 10 minutes and it's like the director breaking down like minutia of this crazy scene and it's just it's a really good watch so if you like horror movies at all check that out for sure on shutter the 101 scariest horror movie moments
1: that's uh that's awesome because, yeah, there there's some really good movies out there, especially foreign ones. I find that the foreign spooky movies are awesome, uh, especially the Mexican, the Latin Americans. They they're they're there. Some of them are really weird. Um, one movie that I do want to watch, which just came out this past weekend, is Terrifier Two. Nice. Yeah.
0: yeah. I. Uh, was that was that the Argentinian one, Terrifier?
1: No, that's uh some like clown movie.
0: Oh, OK. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a crazy I think it maybe is called terrified, but like in uh, Spanish. Right. That's what they speak in Argentina. But yes. Uh, yes. So. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, what's terrified
1: in Spanish. It's uh, a
0: Okay. Actually, I think that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It's about like spooky ghost boy, like zombie boy. It's, it's really, uh, it seems like a dope movie. I'm definitely going to check it out, but yeah, it just reminds you of movies, teaches you about movies. I'm really enjoying it. And there's like 13 movies per episode. So they really give these things a chance to breathe. I think we're at like 50 right now
1: in the house and there's, they're going to finish it. I assume
0: by Halloween, right?
1: Very cool. That's very cool. I, li- I like that stuff. All right, so I got some entertainment to chat with you. Uh, and it kind of ties into the second half of the show. And that is, I watched the first episode of Vice TV's Tales from the Territories. Uh, have oh, you checked this out?
0: Great call. Same, I have. I liked it a lot. Very good, yeah.
1: I love the format. I love the format of having people who lived through it document their stories. Like, there's just something historically awesome about that just because you know these are people like there's only a handful of wrestlers who are still wrestling that were in a territory raven right uh yeah. you know and, and and look at that like these these are people like later in the in in the wrestling career so th- these are things we want to document getting this from the horse's mouth right especially as especially as wwe and aew buy-up tape libraries say what you want absolutely there's going to be revisionist history coming from aew at at some point not to the extent of wwe but let's be honest right like it's going to happen so having these stories coming straight from the horse's mouth is so important and i'm not saying that like vice tv isn't gonna or or, you know these guys aren't gonna move things around but overall there is actual tape of these stories and historical documentation of what actually happened, etc. But Tales of the Territory, they were talking in the first episode about the Memphis Territory. So we had Jeff Jarrett, uh, Dutch Mantel, um, Jerry Lawler, Jerry Jarrett. Who else was there? Oh, and, and Matt for Jimmy the South. Hart. Yeah, Jimmy yes. Hart. And just sharing some awesome stories. Hilarious story of Jimmy Hart getting shot in the ass with a dart. Uh, you know, just some amazing stuff. Just amazing stuff. This week's episode is actually going to focus again on Memphis, but they're going to really focus on Andy Kaufman and Jerry the King Lawler.
0: I can't wait for that one. That's going to be really cool. Yeah, it's a really good idea for a show. I think they're doing an excellent job with it based off the first week.
1: It airs on Tuesdays, I believe, right? Yep, Tuesdays yeah. uh, at uh, 10 p.m. Awesome. Yeah, you can catch 10 p.m. No, Tuesdays, I
0: thought 10 it was Tuesday. I, 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 I'm 90, 99% sure it's Tuesdays. It's Tuesdays. And, so. Yeah. If you're like me, you can catch that on Crave TV. Uh, we, we do a thing with my family where, like, my sister gets Disney Plus and, like, my mom gets the Netflix. I get the Crave TV. I got the short end of that stick because it's the most expensive. But it's got some good things on it, old Crave.
1: Yeah, it's, it's got – I love Crave. Crave is great, right? It's got House of the Dragon. Uh, It's got uh, Queen the Queen of the Serpents or something like that. That's a great show right now. Then they have the entire HBO uh backlog, right? Like The Sopranos, yeah. et cetera. Exactly. So
0: watching watching sopranos and wire alone worth worth the price of admission all the nathan fielder shit they have on there worth it for sure
1: exactly so yeah so so uh, tales for the territories check that out really good show uh really looking looking forward to that uh, continuing that series i should say
0: yeah, the Andy Kaufman stuff is going to be very entertaining. And Lawler was great in the Memphis episode. He's he's still very lucid, knows exactly what he's talking about. So, And he's not that much of a bullshitter, although he is obviously a bullshitter. Next to, like, Jerry Jarrett and Dutch Mantel, you know what I mean? It doesn't seem like he's that much of a bullshitter.
1: Yeah, that's the thing, right? Like, we have to remember that wrestling is all about egos, and these are guys who I'm sure well, a lot of this – has happened i'm sure it's been exaggerated a little bit right
0: yeah they might as well have called it tall tales from the territory yes. but i can see why they did it because you don't want to tell everyone we're lying but like yeah you know you take these with a grain of salt but that's yeah. cool
1: it's part of the fun yep exactly all right is it time to chat some wrestling my friend
0: yeah we have so much wrestling to chat so let's start with uh, a man
1: before Returning. we even start there, let's, let's throw out some hypotheticals as we're talking stuff. All right, so last Friday, here's the first one. Last Friday at about 8 p.m., Friday at 8 p.m., I got an email from AEW PR telling us that John Moxley has signed a five-year extension to AEW, and then kind of buried in this is that it's an exclusive deal with AEW that will lead to him coaching and training and mentoring. Here's the thing. Saturday afternoon evening, John Moxley was going to face Nick Gage in a championship or retirement match. Essentially, AEW ruined that main event by stating the fact that John Moxley is in an exclusive contract. Here's my hypothetical. I'm not trying to create controversies, but I'm trying to shed some light that Tony Khan isn't this angel that people think he is. Did... PR send that on purpose to give away this ending because they AEW has pulled all talent from GCW. AEW wanted or did not want John Moxley to wrestle in this event at all to even begin with, uh, and Moxley basically said, F you, and uh, yeah, so the timing is suspect in my opinion.
0: I don't know, man. I don't know if it's, I, I, I can see what you're saying. I don't think they give a shit. I don't think they care. This is the first I've ever thought of that. Like, uh, the timing is suspect, but I think we all knew anyway Nick Gage was going to win that match, right? Like, I don't see it uh, personally. Maybe, though. Maybe. Maybe Tony Khan's pissed at GCW and Joey Janela. Who knows?
1: Well, the, the thing is, like, why, why send it out the night before this match? There was no reason for that. On a Friday at past 8 p.m., uh, they easily could have sent it out, you know, when Moxley was home in a couple weeks.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they just want. Maybe he would signed it that minute. Maybe they just wanted. They were just excited.
1: Maybe I don't know. It just it's just one of those things that make you go, hmm. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't know if anyone's thinking Tony Khan is like this angel or anything. Oh, but there like, are people. I know who, what you mean who
1: then. who put them in this holier than thou like pedestal, and it's like, wait a minute, let's let's. Take a look back and see some of those comments he's made about, like, with some of his NFL players and stuff like that. Um, Anyways, so let's move on. So here's a fun one. So it was announced that Brian Danielson is going to face Jericho this Wednesday. Jericho has gone on to say that he will be coming out to White Zombies Electric Head Part 2 on Wednesday's Dynamite for this match. And if you want to hear Judas, you have to go to Rampage on Thursday.
0: Yeah, it's devastating. It's legitimately devastating. I think it's terrible booking, and it's a little bit proof of Tony Khan maybe not caring about the right things as a booker because this is Jericho's first appearance in Canada with this company. Let the fucking fans sing the theme song that they want to sing. Why are they getting too cute with this? I hope it's Jericho just kind of trolling, for lack of a better term, or I hope they come to their fucking senses. But just because Jericho is playing, quote, the Lionheart, because he's having a serious match. They've already done this gimmick. This is a terrible idea. If this is a way to boost Rampage sales, it's it's like really kind of sad that they're taking, a, they're like withholding this this moment. Like, no, you can do it like the second time. Buy a ticket to do it if you really want to. It kind of is like that's some Vince McMahon carny shit. You know what exactly. I mean? That's like it's it's like, it's you shitty. You wanted this really nice heartfelt moment you wanted this really nice heartfelt moment that makes total sense to happen. Well, you better pay for it. You better come to the show where the ticket sales are lacking. Like what? Get out, get the fuck out of here. Just let us please sing Jericho's song. I'm telling you this. I will, I will lose a little bit of faith in Tony Khan forever. If I, if I don't get to sing Judas on dynamite straight up, I will chant. We want Judas. I will ruin that fucking match. I will (laughs) give it one star. No, I, I don't know. I don't give a shit about that. But like, yeah, man, like, it will, it will legitimately disappoint me. I, I, this, I, I realize that this is like pathetic wrestling fan shit, but like during the pandemic, when Chris Jericho was coming out with the, the, the wrestlers singing, it was like, you know what I mean? It was just like such a nice moment when crowds came back and they started singing the song. And I was looking forward to having that moment, too. And now I have to pay for a second ticket to do so. That's just bullshit, carny nonsense. Just because Tony Khan is a boner for ECW, get the fuck out of here. Stop outsmarting yourself. Let us sing the fucking song. For the love of God, please and thank you.
1: Yeah, it's just when, it, when I saw that, I'm like, seriously, dude, seriously, what what's going on here? Um, but yeah, so let's talk about Rampage and the Rampage actual, the sales. Like, that show is hurting. Um, there's still a lot of tickets up for grabs, but if you look at the secondary market, man, you can literally pick up floor seats, for under ten dollars
0: yeah it's crazy good for us i mean right if you don't have your tickets yet you might be able to find some cheapies but yeah not not what i was expecting really but man that's what happens when you make rampage the b show you can't just say oh it's not going to be the b show and then book god bless him josh woods every week you know what i mean like if you're not booking actual stars (laughs) josh woods a star (laughs) you're not booking actual stars he's a star
1: Uh, in my eyes
0: I'm not here to to uh, dismiss the works of Josh Woods, even though that's literally exactly what I just did. But no, man, I'm just like I'm just saying like it's the B show, so it's got the B sales. That's what happens.
1: Yep, not the B fab, but the B sales. Take a look at StubHub right now, Rampage tickets, middle center, middle kind of rows. Uh, they're going for ten bucks, fifteen bucks. Dynamite. $66 section 101 row j $66 canadian all in that's awesome no
0: yeah man that's awesome yeah my roommate fleetwood was going to maybe go so he could still get a ticket that's uh, we, we, we yeah it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the dynamite crowd actually is what what kind of wrestling fan it's comprised of there might be people there who aren't diehard AEW fans a lot
1: of people who aren't agreed um it's, yeah, it will be interesting to kind of see what type of crowd you're going to get. Speaking of the crowd, let's talk this. Heel reaction or face reaction? MJF.
0: No, oh, he's going to get cheered tremendously when he first comes out. And within 10 seconds, he'll make fun of the Jays and the Leafs and he'll get booed out of the building. But at first, he's going to get a huge, huge reaction. Because Toronto recognizes talent. Yes. That's what they do. Toronto likes good wrestlers. Toronto cheered Chad Gable. When I was at Raw, because Chad Gable is fucking great. Toronto likes talent. Yep. That's why they, it, during that famous like edge. Uh SummerSlam 2004 when they turned on Edge, it wasn't because Edge is not talented, but they were just sick of the act. It was just Edge was very stale. They recognized that, so they cheered Batista, who was talented and exciting at that time, and Chris Jericho, who was talented and exciting and also Canadian. So yep. they turned on Edge because he was stale, and that's what Toronto does. They'll they'll sniff out MJF's talent, cheer him until he says, "Oh yeah, the Toronto Blue Jays just broke your heart like the Leafs always do, you fucking dipshit idiots." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Cheers or booze, Christian?
0: Uh, same, except I i almost don't even think they're going to bring him out in front of the live crowd. I think he's going to do a backstage promo where he gets a lot of... I guess I guess Luchasaurus is wrestling Jungle Boy. Eh? He's yep. got to come out with Luchasaurus. Yep. Yeah, maybe they just do Bizarro World, man, and Jungle Boy gets booed in that match and everyone
1: cheers Luchasaurus. Embrace it, honestly. I think it makes for an awesome TV product when... when when everyone acknowledges and embraces the bizarre world of a certain city or town
0: and i don't think tony con is one to uh ignore that kind of thing well one thing hold about on, tony Khan on, is he will on. actually hold on
1: hold, hold on this is literally the guy who is not going to play a song on wednesday because ticket sales are poor on thursday
0: that's a really good point but no like this <laughs> this that specific kind of thing he's good at like he's still a carny but he's yeah. good at that, like actually saying reality what's happening in front of your face he's not gonna lie to you about he's not that carny uh there's still a couple stages before he's full vince mcmahon
1: <laughs> yeah he has to go through the paul hayman stage he has to go through like the, <laughs> the, you know, stage. the Eric Bishop stage bischoff stage the vince russo stage and then he hits the vince mcmahon stage
0: yeah ted turner vince mcmahon and then you go full trump
1: <laughs> exactly uh, so yeah, so it's that, gonna be interesting like i'm I'm really looking forward to the crowd, but Matt, one more time where are we gonna be before Dynamite
0: well we're gonna be at the Rhino Boris, twelve forty nine Queen Street West big homie
1: you do realize twelve forty nine Queen Street West is the title of this episode
0: oh good it should be yeah at the uh yeah the bash at the bar I got a hypothetical for you man okay big homie uh so Bray Wyatt came back to tremendous fu- fanfare um People loved it, Uh, regardless of what you think about Bray Wyatt, the worker, or Bray Wyatt's future uh, potential here in WWE. For this moment, the the return was great, right? So Bray Wyatt apparently is coming back with a faction, the Wyatt Six. It's currently his Twitter handle, to be all the reports. So hypothetically, who do you want to see in the Wyatt Six, if it happens? Who do you want to see? Not to Who do you think, not your prediction, who do you want to see in this?
1: So here's, like, realistically, um, I it's hard because, like, you know, everything that I'm seeing, you know, uh, either Liv Morgan or Alexa Bliss are going to be joining that faction. I don't know which one of the two.
0: It's going to be Liv. It's going to be Liv. I think so. I think they're yep. telegraphing that pretty hard with the finish on Extreme Rules. Yep. Also, if you go check out YouTube, the uh, there's, yes, there's a YouTube exclusive where Liv Morgan goes full mankind rocking back and forth. In the bowels of the arena, Boris, in the boiler room or something.
1: Yep, exactly. So let's say Live Morgan. I will say okay. Live Morgan. I will say Bo Dallas. I will say Seems
0: like Bo Dallas is back. So yeah, that's a given. Check, check. They're in. Eric Redbeard. I agree with that. I think Eric Redbeard's probably gonna be part of this re-signed, sealed, delivered.
1: Yeah. The other three, I don't know whom. Who I,
0: it I could think be. it's I think it's only gonna be two because I think why it's going to be one of the six. Okay. So it's only five other guys. Yeah. And my guess is so you got your sister, Abigail, Liv Morgan. Rabbit, I think is going to be Rowan. I'm not sure who's who, but yeah, let's just say this is what's gonna break down. The fiend will be Bo. So that uh, leaves us with Buzzard and Pig, Huskis and uh Birdman. So I think Huskis, Joe Gacy, that lines up pretty well. I think that's that's a popular rumor out there. Uh, there was also Grayson Waller tweeted out a bird emoji when Bray Wyatt came back, which scares me because Grayson Waller can do so much better than this. I'm thinking the buzzard, who I want to see as the buzzard, honestly, Cameron Grimes could be the workhorse of this group. He can make anything work, and then eventually they can turn on him and he can be a real person, whatever. I think Cameron Grimes could be a good buzzard Boris.
1: Or they could do, redo the exact same Daniel, uh, Brian Daniel uh, story with Cameron Grimes.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Do it just exactly like that. Let's do it. But yeah, Huskis could be like Junior, junior Bray kind of learning the ropes. I think that could be an interesting thing. But yeah, I hope they keep Grayson Waller out of this faction. They keep Grayson Waller out of this faction no matter what. The, uh, he's got A-plus potential on his own. He's doing excellent work. He could be a unique, modern heel. Don't make him a spooky lackey.
1: Yep. Speaking of returns, looks like the Good Brothers are going to be coming back to WWE, joining forces with AJ Styles in his current feud uh, with Judgment Day.
0: Uh, respectfully uh good for them getting checks in the wrestling business but don't care don't have much time for either of them carl's okay don't have any time for luke gallows and they're gonna be baby faces with aj nah whatever
1: yeah that's kind of how i feel that's kind of how i feel about that all right do you have any anything else you want to throw my way before we get to reviewing some gcw impact and new japan
0: no man, let's just get to it I think that covers it pretty well I I do think the Wyatt 6 will be a fun thing we, You might even know by the time you hear this Because they might do it on Raw
1: So again, I, I hate I hate doing this Just because like we're kind of mixing stuff But uh, Wyatt is scheduled to appear on Raw He was officially announced on, at the show open I'm watching Raw to the side as we record
0: There you go man, there you go So we might have radioed ourselves But it'll be a fun thing We'll see how accurate we were, you know what I mean?
1: yep all right let's talk let's start with some gcw i'll kind of speed through this as best as i can
0: okay i i don't even have notes in front of me so yeah this is all you big homie
1: Yep. all right so gcw's fight club two-night event from atlantic city uh new jersey at the showboat uh so the first night was outdoors in brisk 45 degree 50 degree weather uh so the first match was leo rush blake christian gringo loco shane mercer jimmy lloyd and b-boy in a six-way scramble match leo rush won this match he acts was actually kind of like a secret entrant at the very end uh, he came out w- a little bit after the match started this was okay um you know leo rush is leo rush blake christian looked great i like gringo loco it essentially came down to leo rush and blake christian uh so that was kind of a thing that i think that they're teasing for a future program uh so yeah this match was wasn't bad
0: nice i love leo rush man i know he's uh, maybe call him a bit of a head case perhaps but i like his work a lot i hope he i hope he finds whatever it is he's looking for in the wrestling business you know
1: okay a match that you should check out at some point Sean Skywalker, Shun Skywalker, defeated Nick Wayne in in ten minutes forty seconds.
0: Yeah, the very little bit I've seen of Nick Wayne has been extremely impressive. Need to see more Nick Wayne. I haven't seen Nick Wayne versus Osprey yet, which obviously people loved.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, Shun Skywalker was awesome. He's awesome. Uh, nice. He's kind, you know, he's kind of like uh, bushy in a in a way.
0: Huh. Okay. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Uh, so this match was one that people should check out, so shooting Skywalker ended up winning this match. Uh, the next match was Sawyer Wreck uh, versus Alley Catch. This match was cool just because Sawyer Wreck is so much taller than Alley Catch. Uh, this was kind of good. Um, Sawyer Wreck ends up winning this one after she choke slammed her through a door. This one was uh, pretty good.
0: Choke slam through a door classic gcw psychology you gotta love it
1: yep next match was yamato uh versus tony deppin yamato is kind of like a shinsuke nakamura type pokemon Uh, and tony deppin if you've watched some roh you kind of know who he is especially the end days of roh uh this match was pretty good actually i liked it um i wish this 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 match was short though. It was only given like eight minutes, thirty seconds, and Tony Deppen ended up winning this one after he hits a shining wizard running knee for the win.
0: Nice. Is Yamato like the guy from Dragon Gate? Yes. Like he's been there for a while. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's cool. Getting some play overseas. Uh yeah, love to see that. We love Tony Deppen on this show. The new Dean Malenko, we've called him.
1: Yes. Yes. It's exactly. With a little more you know character. What?
0: Yes, a little more character for sure, a little more personality. You know what? Daniel Garcia also has a claim for the new Dean Malenko. We need to see a Garcia versus Depp in match.
1: Dude, <laughs> it's hilarious that you say that. I was talking to a buddy over the weekend, and I'm like, if they redo the thousand and moves of Dean Malenko with Daniel Garcia, and when he eventually does feud with Jericho, I think redoing this, thirty that bit 30 years later, it will kill me that's
0: funny yeah there could be some malenko jericho vibes with garcia jericho hey
1: holy shit i never even clued into that until this moment back out boys. all right next match los macizos Ciclope, and extremo miedo versus joey janela and cole radrick of note joey janela and cole radrick were gonna face each other uh belt for belt the on night two uh so this match was all right um Yeah, this was actually crazy because, uh, what's his name? Um, Who was it that got hurt? Uh, uh, Cyclope ends up getting hurt in the middle of the match. Uh, No, sorry, Extremo Miedo. No, it was Cyclope who got hurt. (laughs) Separated his shoulder in the middle of the match, kind of took off, came back, ended the match, um, and they ended up getting the win. So Cyclope and Extremo Miedo. Defeating Joey Janella and Cole Radrick after Cole Raderick delivers a cutter by accident to Joey Janella.
0: Uh, you never want to RKO your opponent by accident, Boris. Jesus H.
1: Yep. Jonathan Gresham versus Jordan Oliver. Another match that you should check out.
0: I'd have to hit you with an accidental RKO at the Rhino 1249 Queen
1: Street West sometime between one to five on Wednesday. Uh, Jonathan
0: <laughs> Gresham return, eh?
1: Yeah, Jonathan Gresham, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, Jordan Oliver, kind of like a mainstay, kind of like a newer talent, making his his waves through the indie scenes. Uh, Jonathan Gresham ends up winning this again. Short match, under ten minutes.
0: Huh. All right. Well, that's that's probably for the best.
1: Yeah, and then we got Rena Yamash- Yamashita. Uh, and Drew Parker versus Matt Tremont and Alex Colon. This is probably the match that you saw clips of where you said, no moss. Uh, Yeah, was there, the there was no way. Deathmatch.
0: Yeah. Intergender deathmatch. There's absolutely no way I will ever devote my time to watching that.
1: Yeah. No, it was exactly what you would think. Went almost 15 minutes, though. Much longer than it should have been. Uh, at one point, uh, Yamesta and Parker were hitting each other with light tubes to pump each other up as if it was spinach on Popeye uh, but uh, yeah this uh, and they just start being the crap out of Matt Tremont with light tubes uh, Yamashita and Parker end up winning in just under 15 minutes
0: cool well at least uh, at least they won Drew Parker's actually pretty good he, I think he's got something outside of this death match business
1: yep and then Effie he defeated Shoda in 4 minutes 37 seconds
0: Shota, like Shota Umino? No,
1: not, No, not, not, no, okay. no, not New Japan. Shota Umino. Just something okay, named Shota. Yeah. Cool. Thank you for clarifying. <laughs> yep. All right. And that, that match was all right. Exactly what you would expect from an FE match, right? Like.
0: For sure. Yeah. We've yeah. seen
1: it. But that's cool.
0: He's got a shtick. It's working for him.
1: Yep. mini event. Nick Gage defeated John Moxley to win the GCW heavyweight title. This was a 21-minute death match. Now, um,. Got the shtick. You saw everything. You saw the peaks cutters. You saw Moxley trying to cut Gage with light tubes. You saw everything. You saw injuries. You saw blood. Uh, but then the end of the match, W. Morrissey uh, comes out, beats up Moxley, puts him through some doors and a pint of glass. Uh, Gage goes for the pin. That's not enough. Uh, Gage then goes for his... Um, he starts uh, doing a stomp, and he does his finisher. Uh, that gives the win to Nick Gage.
0: So uh, Big Bill Morrissey ran in. Are we going to get Moxley versus Morrissey coming up?
1: So Stokely Hathaway was there too, right? So this was uh, their group kind of. I, I'm assuming that th- we were intended to believe that this was on behalf of MJF.
0: True. Okay, that makes sense. But yeah, so... I don't think that you're – yeah, I don't think that there's going to be that much beef between AEW and GCW if GCW is doing AEW angles in their main event, right? Well,
1: apparently – so a couple people talked about this on the GCW side where they had zero say on how that match was going to end.
0: I see. All right. Well, yeah, there you go. Yeah.
1: So who knows? Honestly, who knows? Cool. Uh,
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, I'll check out – I'll definitely check out the one you recommended. I don't know if I'll watch anything else
1: on that. No, 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 no. There's just a couple matches that I would for sure watch from there. All right. GCW Fight Club Night 2 started with a scramble match. Sawyer Wreck, Alec Price, Leo Rush, Shane Mercer, Axton Ray, and Dustin Waller. Uh, Leo Rush ends up winning his second scramble match of the weekend.
0: Dang. So Waller, or sorry, Rush shows up and wins them both. That's good.
1: Yep. All right, a match that you should check out: um, Blake Christian versus Shun Skywalker. Excellent match.
0: So this Shun Skywalker, eh? What's his deal?
1: Um, he's from Dragon Gate, and uh, yeah, he's just kind of just doing a a few matches here in America. Uh, but he's really good. Like, I, I I don't know who I would um who I would really compare him with, like. Kind of like, uh, like he can be comparable to a bunch of guys, right?
0: Okay. He's got gear that kind of makes him look like Starman from the NES pro wrestling yes. game. Yes. He is, uh, yeah, uh, real name Shun Watanabe, born or Shun Watanabe, born, uh, May 30th, 1996. 26 year old kid, Shun Skywalker. you I'll have to check out some Shun Skywalker. I have not seen a second of his work.
1: Yeah pretty good this weekend was the first time i saw him and i was uh, quite impressed all right next match was gringo loco versus masha slamovich coming off a oh an excellent match up bound for glory um this match was actually it was all right masha ends up winning some pretty good storytelling uh, if if you if i may say so myself nice you may you may say so All right, next match was title for title. Joey Janela versus Cole Radrick for the DDT Extreme Championship and the GCW Extreme Championship. Uh, This match was a Joey Janela match.
0: Yeah, sometimes they're great. The one with Kenny Omega is an all-timer, but sometimes they're just him flipping into the crowd.
1: No, the, you know what I gotta say. This one was pretty good. I think Cole Radrick kind of grounded the match quite a bit. Um, it was pretty fun. It was it was actually one, on the better side of a Joey Janela scale. Cool, cool. Glad yeah, Joey Janela ends up winning. The and the the commentators though kept telegraphing the win because they're like, you know, what is DD How is Joey Janela gonna explain the loss to DDT if he loses their belt?
0: Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Uh, the next match was Ally Catch and Effie known as Bussy versus Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Um, this match it was alright. Ended at the no contest uh, when Charles Mason comes in, wraps piano wire around Ally Catch's throat, and the uh, uh, match goes to a no contest. Jeez. <laughs> yep. All right. Match of the weekend Mike Bailey versus Yamato nice speedball doing
0: work i love it the piano wire in the previous match really yes. we're going that far
1: yep. i guess gcw gotta up the ante yep exactly all right yamato ends up winning this match not a good weekend for speedball mike bailey but two excellent matches to put on uh to notch on his uh uh wherever you put notches
0: yes on his uh on his black belt that's yeah. where he notches him
1: yeah, that's, yeah. That's, what, that's what I was thinking A Black belt, yes, that's it Yeah, so Yamato ends up winning this match um, The next match Was Miedo Extremo Versus Drew Parker um, This match was, alright Didn't really pay too much attention here. Next match again, it was Jimmy Lloyd, Dylan McKay, and Marcus Mathers versus Second Gear Crew, one called Manders, Mance Warner, and Matthew Justice. This match was pretty good until the end when uh, Justice drove McKay onto Mathers. So Justice had McKay, does a Death Valley driver off of a tall-ass ladder, through Mathers, who was leaning up against a door stuck between two chairs, but they literally crash on the guy's legs. Like I would not be surprised if this guy broke a leg uh, when they oh. fell down. Jeez man, yeah, that's crazy. It's just like
0: it's a little too much. and the, the sad thing is you skipped basically, you just went through a, a death match on the way to this death match and I'm just I loaded up the notes for this show and there's another death match after this so they went three death matches in a row to close
1: the show exactly so second gear crew won this match and then the main event was for the GCW ultraviolet championship Rina Yamashita versus Cyclope this match was actually good I like this match in the scale of liking death matches and the scale of intergender matches uh, this one was actually pretty good Um, if if there's any match if there's any death match you're going to check out this is one that you should check Uh, the end so he mashed up buying Cyclope through a bundle of tubes, um, and then he she makes Cyclope submit after do putting on a cross face but using barbed wire on the arm, to the face. Oof,
0: oof! Uh, classic, a classic spot. Yeah, I'm, no, I will never watch an intergender death match. Not for me.
1: Hmm. Well, that that was it. That was the show overall. Not bad. I've seen worse. Uh, they gave, I wish they gave the regular matches more time. That's my one complaint. There's too much precedence on the death matches. I think that if they were to even out the timing, I would have enjoyed the shows that much more. It wasn't the worst, but GCW is always a bit of a struggle just because of the death matches and the intergender matches, and then you have intergender death matches.
0: Yeah, that's why I stopped watching it. I can't do it. Yep. All right. It's just damn.
1: So that's that. Want to talk some impact wrestling? Bound for Glory? Sure, man. Yeah, let's do it. All right, Bound for Glory. We're gonna really focus on three matches, probably the best matches of the night. So quickly, the uh, the pre-show had Brian Myers versus Dirty Dango for the Digital Media Championship.
0: (laughs) X Fondongo showing up on Impact, getting squashed by Brian Myers
1: that's exactly what happened uh then we got then we got raven being inducted into the hall of fame tommy dreamer inducts him i think this was dreamer's first appearance since uh dark side of the rings episode a year ago over a year ago
0: oh good call and you know what people just completely forgot about that i think
1: i think so too um this was all right raven raven talked more about Three tna days than tna but he did like call out tna for kind of saving his career uh he said that ecw he was allowed to do whatever he wanted he said that in wwe he got clean um he went to wcw for the money but he you know he was uh the demons uh, and skeletons in his closet were full pledged he said he got clean for wwe but he hated his time there and tna essentially gave him an extra six years to his career um he said he hated the drive to uh to nashville but he loved tna for what it was um and yeah that that was that was pretty much that was pretty much it
0: nice yeah raven a talkative
1: motherfucker as we both are this week
0: but yeah no, it was nice to see this and him ddt and tommy dreamer to end the segment was a lot of fun too
1: yep all right Let's focus on the first match of the night, which was for the X-Division Championship. Speedball, Mike Bailey, your champion, versus Frankie Kazarian. Matt, was this the match of the night?
0: Oh, it's really tough to say. There were three bangers. Uh, it's it's definitely up there. I think, actually, it might be, man. Although I, I'm seeing a lot of people say the main event was the match of the night. I do actually think this was my match of the night. I quite enjoyed it. Make ba- Mike Bailey's awesome. Frankie Kazarian with... a. Uh, with a performance that he kind of needed to remind us all that he's still here, he's still great.
1: And that was the story. That was literally the story was like, yeah, you know, I'm still here, I'm still great, I'm still doing my thing. I can still win belts. That was literally the story going into this match. And for Mike Bailey is for me to be legitimate, I need to beat the best there were.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly right. And uh yeah, so it was a really good match. I wonder if Bailey losing, 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 losing and Triple H in charge of NXT. There were rumors that Mike Bailey was going to NXT right up until 2.0 happened. Hmm.
1: I wonder. I right? wonder. Right? Like, I was thinking of the same, but he's been losing a lot. Um, you know, what I loved? I love the storytelling here was, like, Frankie Kazarian. How many times did he try to get that chicken wing in? Like, that's, he tried it, like, he was like Bob Backlund in Survivor Series 94, just, that. was it's as if it was his <laughs> only move.
0: Yeah, but it worked. He in the end, he knew that that was the weapon that would be the thing to beat this Mike Bailey, and I like that he was going to it over and over. Yeah, there were a couple spots that were a little like too cute, a little Tony Khan too cute, a little overthought. But at the end of the day, I thought this was an incredible match. Like these guys kicked ass here. This was so great.
1: Yeah, Mike Bailey goes for the Ultima Weapon. Uh, Kazarian catches him with an RKO. Uh, Bailey then kicked out, uh, uh, but. Uh, right from the kickout, Kazarian hits the crossface chicken wing to end the match. Oh, such a good match!
0: Yeah, so that shooting star thing, like, so that was exactly what I was talking about. Was that spot right yeah. there in particular? Yeah. They tried to recreate the old Evan Bourne. Randy Orton Shooting Star RKO, but it was just like the way that Frankie Kazarian was standing. It was very clear that Mike Bailey was just doing a Shooting Star into nothing to get yes. RKO'd. Yes. So that was yeah. There's a couple moments there where it was like, you know, they, they, you know, it was just it was a little silly, but it, it, that's pro wrestling in 2022. This was brilliant, incredible match.
1: Oh, it's so good so freaking good man all right mickey james versus mia yim this was you know a potential career match for mickey james mia yim goes into this match and dude i i enjoyed this match as well
0: <clears throat> nice i did not watch this i uh yeah i i took a break from the show here but yeah so mia yim loses mickey james continues her career
1: yep Uh, Pretty good match overall. The next match was VXT, Diana Perrazzo and Chelsea Green versus Death Dolls, Taya Valkyrie, and Jessica with Rosemary for the Impact Knockouts Tag Team Championship. So this match was pretty fun. This match was your typical tag team match. Heels take advantage of the faces. Um, You know, there were blind tags. There were tags that... uh, Got waved off because the ref wasn't paying attention Um, You know The VXT double teaming VXT cutting off the ring Like I said your typical typical match Uh, But the death dolls End up winning um, After Taya gave Green a roundhouse kick uh, And Jessica Got the pin
0: Nice so new knockouts Tag team champions Good Canadian girl Taya Valkyrie And Jessica
1: Yep, should be noted in the previous match that this could potentially be Mia Yim's final appearance for Impact as her deal ran out and there's been no update on a new deal.
0: Oh, interesting. AEW bound?
1: Speaking of people with who could be their potential last appearance, The Kingdom, Matt Taven and Mike Bennett with Maria Canellis versus the Motor City Machine Guns, Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley for the Impact Tag Team titles.
0: Yeah, just like Kazarian, the motor saving machine guns bounce back year, reminding us all that they're still here. They still got it.
1: Yep, this match was pretty good. I kind of like this, right? Um, I, I think Maria tried to get involved one too many times. Bennett Fishuk Shelley knocked him off the apron. Bennett then super kicks Maria. Uh, that Saban kind of moved out of the way. Taven rolls up Saban for the win and the kingdom defeated the Motor City Machine Guns uh, to retain the championships. And it's interesting because something must have happened at the tapings because it is being reported that the kingdom is uh, without a deal right now.
0: So, yeah, that's nuts. Or they're
1: working on a uh, day-to-day per-appearance deal.
0: Right, I wonder, if the, uh, I wonder if the titles are going to be switched because, yeah, I didn't watch this match and I just thought from the, the reports that came out that, of course, the Motor City Machine Guns were going to win. I'm surprised to hear they did not.
1: Yep. All right, Impact, call your shot, Battle Royal. Oh, man, this got a lot of people angry. This match may have turned people away from Impact. This match, essentially, is a Royal Rumble match and the final two competitors end up having a regular match with the winner having a title shot of their choosing over the next year. You could have built up new wrestlers. You had Steve Macklin making a name for himself. You obviously have people like Moose. You have Sammy Callahan. Um, you know, you have, hell, Rich Swan. So many people that could have won this match. Hell. Taylor Wilde came back for this. Hell, I don't know who else could have realistically won. But do you know who won? It wasn't Bobby yeah, Fish? W-
0: <laughs> Hell, um, actually, uh, yeah, Of no. note,
1: of note. Before we get to that, when Bobby Fish came out, there were very loud CM Punk chants in his hometown.
0: Yeah, that's rough. Tough beat for the Albany boy to get the CM Punk chance. But he's Bobby Fish. He's, know, he's a weird 46 year old trumper. I'm not surprised about that. Uh, yes. Yes. Did you say who won? No, I'm not. Yeah. We're going to spoil this? Yeah.
1: It wasn't even Norman Smiley. It wasn't even Rhino. It wasn't even, oh my God, Matt Cardona. It could have been so many people. But it was none other than Bully Ray making his return to Impact Wrestling. And winning this match to have a future title shot. And the last two people were Bully Ray and Steve Macklin. And yeah, Bully Ray won.
0: I don't mind it that much. He's gonna get destroyed by uh Josh Alexander. So they'll they'll have a match with some weapons. It'll be okay. I don't mind it. I don't know. I can see what you're saying. Like elevate a young guy here, why not? But meh, whatever. I think right. I would rather I would rather watch Uh, This might sound crazy. I'd rather watch Bully Ray versus Josh Alexander than I would uh, Macklin versus Josh Alexander, just because that's just kind of like a wrestling match. That's just kind of like, you know, like an undercard guy from TNA versus their champion. At least Bully Ray is like unique and interesting. It would be cool to see what they can do together. You know what I mean? Like I'd have more intrigue for that match.
1: Yeah, I can see that. I can for sure see that. All right. And then the last two matches were both bangers. The first one being the Knockouts Championship, Jordan Gracer champion, versus the challenger, Masha Slamovich. This was just two women wanting to kick each other's ass. Two women overpowering each other. Two women who just beat the living shit out of each other.
0: Yeah, it was a Haas versus Haas female match. One of the best of those kind that I could ever see. Although, you see more and more of those these days. Two big gals beating the shit out of each other. But yeah, this was an excellent match. I, I'm not super up on these uh, ladies' careers, but I would have to say this is the best match of either woman's career, right?
1: I think so. I think so. And a lot of people are calling this the female match of the year. A lot of people are calling this, you know, potential even, you know, up there, like making a lot of lists for match of the year. Um, yeah, this match is getting a lot of positive attention.
0: I'm sure there were a couple better stardom matches. Like I think there was like a stardom uh, cage match with Natsupoy. That was amazing. That's definitely, in my opinion, that's the female match of the year so far. But in terms of United States, North America, I bet this might be the female match of the year, man. It really might. It's not Lash Legend, you know? It's not someone in WWE.
1: Yet. (laughs) Yet.
0: Love it. Yeah, yes. so yeah, this was just uh just two two incredible athletes throwing bombs, just a war.
1: Yeah, it was great. Masha drags Jordan Grace to the top rope, Grace reverses it, hits Masha with a super grace driver from the top rope. That gives her the win. Yeah, I love the fact that it—you know she needed to do something extra because just the regular Grace Driver wasn't enough. She needed to do it from the top rope. Managed to do this after a while. Man, they were putting each other in torture racks. They were throwing each other from everywhere. Uh, Grace hit Masha with a breaker, which I love to see and scares me every single time.
0: Yeah, you shouldn't kick out of a because that that's such a dangerous move. Well arguably the most dangerous move in the history of professional wrestling. Like yeah. I I, I did like it's awesome seeing it. And this is the WrestleMania, but yeah, you never kick out of a vertebraker
1: Yep. There were Canadian destroyers, Vader bombs, you name it. They did it essentially.
0: Yeah, it was again, again and that's like if every match was that and it sucks cuz it's in 2022 it's becoming that every match is almost like that, you know. But yeah, for this for this night, for this moment, this kicked ass. This was incredible.
1: It was so good. All right, let's talk about the main event. Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards for the Impact World Championship. Another pretty good match. You know, uh You know, I think that uh,
0: the consensus is that this was a great match. I'm reading right now the notes on the Wrestling Observer website. The person who reviewed this, just going to scroll up here, Josiah McDonald, lost his fucking mind for this match. Boris, listen to this. Are you
1: there? I'm listening.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, sorry. I just, yeah. Okay, so this match was awesome. There is no other way to put it. Edwards and Alexander wrestled in an absolute classic in what had to be one of the best impact matches ever wow i don't know about that one
1: i don't know about that i thought it was great but one of the best ever i don't know
0: i thought after watching this match i thought oh that'll that'll contend for a spot on the 122 it was a little long but it was absolutely dope but I do think the opener was the match of the night so for him to say that this was one of the greatest matches in the history of the promotion that's a big compliment that just shows that wrestling is subjective not objective and maybe you would like these matches more than we do from time to time so yeah definitely check out this one Josh Alexander versus Eddie Edwards the main event of bound for glory
1: yeah, it was just really good. Um, Eddie Edwards controlled most of the match. Like, he really did. It was Josh Alexander, like, you know, having spurts of offense, but Eddie Edwards controlled a lot of the match. Uh, you know, they went to the outside. They took out the uh, the padding on the outside. The exposed wood uh, was there. Josh Alexander took a lot of pain punishment there and vice versa there was a weird ref bump in the middle of the match um uh, you know that's when honor no more started doing their stuff Um uh, yeah there was a lot going on in this match there was just maybe a little too much it was maybe a little overbooked at the end of the match um you know <laughs> the crowd was kind of funny with your take your shirt off chance for eddie edwards
0: Yeah, because he was rocking the Honor No More shirt. So, yes, the crowd chanting, take your shirt off. Strange for a crowd of people to chant that to a man, but hey.
1: Yep, Josh hits Eddie with a discus forearm. Uh, Eddie comes back with a jackknife roll-up. Eddie took down Josh with a stiff clothesline. Josh then comes right back with another discus forearm, follows that straight up with his C4 spike to pick up the clean win. In 28 minutes...
0: Yeah, long ass match. They were going for that epic, and it was great. It was great.
1: Yep. After the match, Honor No More beats down Josh Alexander. Rich Swan tries to help, uh, but that didn't go too well. That's when Bully Ray comes out, but who is Bully Ray going to side with? Is he going to side with his buddies at Honor No More, or is he there to save the day? They teased him joining Honor No More, but he because he picks up Josh Alexander, uh, and it looked like he was going to beat him up. But he ends up beating up and helping Josh Alexander clear the ring from Honor No More. That's when Bully Ray grabs the belt, holds it over his head as he screams to Josh Alexander as the show closes. Yeah, so I I wouldn't panic about this. It's going to be a fun little short term thing. Josh Alexander will beat him and move on. I hope so. I, like if that's the if that's the plan, cool. Whatever, but I still think that they should have used that specific match for bringing someone up. They could have done this without Bully Ray winning that match.
0: Yeah, maybe I could have just shown up and saved him and then challenged him for sure. Yeah, but it's a Royal Rumble on a pay-per-view in the middle of the card. Try to try to, you know, excite the fans. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah. So that was Impact's bound for glory again. Good show didn't have the star power didn't have that like wrestlemania biggest show of the year feel but again you had seven strong matches throughout three hours there's nothing that i love more than a three-hour pay-per-view wwe is doing them impact is doing them let's stick to three hours
0: yeah absolutely let's try to get this podcast done before three hours too buddy we're gonna we're gonna transition to we're
1: only at 125 we're doing a lot better than i thought only.
0: Uh, yes, yes. That's not too bad, though. Uh, yes, so we still have New Japan Declaration of Power to talk about. That was from this morning, October 10th, 2022. I'm going to take a break, get a water, and then we'll be right back with you,
1: buddy. Sounds good.
0: All right, so let us talk about this excellent New Japan show. Uh, New Japan seems to be heating up a little bit. It's going to make the world of difference when the crowd can cheer again, though, yes. man. That's going to help this so much.
1: Yeah, so the crowd drew, the, there was just over 4,000 people in this sh- at this show, uh, so that's cool. Uh, that's a positive thing. Something I, didn't, I wanted to bring up before we started going through the crowd, Did was it me? Maybe, because I, I did watch this live, which, you know, sometimes watching a Japan show live can be feel long. But this show didn't feel too bad, if, but things felt fresh, things felt new. It's like, it's almost like if they had a new booker or something, because like, I feel like a new crop of wrestlers coming up through the ranks. Yeah,
0: there's definitely, there's well, some fresh faces in big places, and that helped a lot. But there was some, it was still very much the uh, ghetto booking that we've come to know and love, I think. Yes. But yeah, no, I, I, there was, there was, I think it's knowing that the crowd's about to come back and seeing those fresh faces. It does feel like the New Japan's heating up a little bit. Like I said,
1: I agree with that, man. Yeah, it, it felt really great and like a nice, well, not nice, but a somber way to start the show. But it was it was really well done, really respectfully done.
0: Yeah, it was a nice tribute, a nice gesture. So, yeah, this show starts with almost a good like 30 minutes of tribute to Antonio Inoki. The entire roster comes out. They do a very nice video. And, yeah, it was just a super classy, well done. Uh, Chris Charlton explaining to us, translating for us. He does awesome work as a new Japan commentator. So yeah, that was just definitely something to watch, especially if you, if you're a little bit of an older fan and grew up with an in your life, to some degree, you could uh, go back and watch this tribute. They started the show with a uh, new Japan declaration of power, October 10th, 2022. Definitely worth your time.
1: I'm going to have to stop you right there, my friend, because as I mentioned, as we're recording, I am watching Monday night raw raw as they like to call it and you know it's kind of funny because this rarely happens when we record bam as Raw's happening and the one week the one week we talk about stuff potentially happening on raw well they're happening judgment day is out they're cutting a promo against uh everyone i guess aj styles comes out he teases joining judgment day I, I'm assuming he's saying something on the lines of I've joined a group, but it's not yours or something along those lines. Cause that's when gallows um, and Anderson, the good brothers come back to WWE. They're all doing two suites right now. Well, the three of them are doing two suites. There you go. Good brothers back in WWE. But Matt, funny enough, oddly enough, we're talking about new Japan pro wrestling because I think someone from the good brothers has a belt from new japan yeah it's worth noting carl
0: anderson is currently the never open weight champion in new japan and there he is on monday night raw so i will see if this title is going to get vacated or what's going to happen it'd be funny if he went back over and lost it i guess that could theoretically occur but yeah there's carl anderson on monday night raw with doc gallows so they're back good
1: brothers. Yep, that's a thing. All right, so let's go back to New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, this show, Declaration of Power.
0: Yes, no uh, never open weight title, as you can see, but yeah, some awesome matches here. So the first match, the Ren-Narita comeback match, a six-man tag, Red narita Robbie Eagles, and David Finley against Duki, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and El Desperado. Seven and a half minutes, Narita pins Duki with a bridging overhead german suplex looked beautiful uh you rarely see that you see a bridging german often but a bridging overhead belly to belly you rarely see it's called the narita special number four red narita wins he's the uh he's the
1: baby katsuyori shibata he's getting a push here in new japan dude i don't know about you but he's looking more and more like shibata every day he's got the haircut he's got the trunks he's got the body he is looking like shibata more every single day
0: it's like when you uh, when you get a cat or like a dog and they start to look like you. That's what's <laughs> happening <laughs> with, with Shibata and Narita.
1: Yeah, it's so true. It's so crazy, and that's and I do appreciate the fact that Kevin Kelly and Charl and uh, uh, Charlson and and uh, Rocky Romero kept saying just how much of a student uh, Narita is to Shibata. So that's obviously the the story, and that's how they're gonna try to get him over.
0: Yes, yeah, and rightfully so That will work, so good call uh, Second match, I, I liked it a lot Yeah, awesome finishing move and too. Here's the thing about, is
1: sick. Sorry, here's the thing about this opener as well um, I, And it's funny Because when we turn off cameras We always talk over each other a lot more um, And it's the fact that It was a New Japan Pro Wrestling show It was a trios match And I actually liked it Like it's one of those It, it, it didn't feel like a throwaway match
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, Red Narita comeback match—it was a big deal, and it's rare that they'd put a big deal match at the start of a show here. But yeah, no, yeah. it did feel like a big deal.
1: Even the next match felt like, uh, like you know, they're building up to something.
0: Yes. So, match number two: the Dangerous Techers, Tai Chi and Zack Saber Jr. versus Bad Dude Tito and Shane Haste. Zack Saber Jr. pins Bad Dude Tito
1: with the European Clutch in nine minutes and fifty-eight seconds in this one. This was so good. Uh, Shane Haste, I, I really enjoyed. Bad Dude Tito's always fun. And Zack Sabre Jr., he's Zack Sabre Jr., man. Yeah, it did suck to see uh, ZSJ
0: in the second match here. That was yes. kind of rough. But at least he won. At least he won.
1: Yep, at the very
0: least. Match number three, another trios match. Uh, Taguchi Suki Taguchi, and Hikuleo. Ed Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, rocking his hair, versus the Bullet Club, Evil Uh, the Tokyo Pimps, Yujiro Takahashi, and show. So after a humongous chokeslam by Hikileo taguchi pins show it was funny taguchi had had the shit kicked out of him he had eaten a couple pile drivers he was completely dead but then hikaleo hit the choke slam and the corpse of taguchi gets the win here quite
1: enjoyed that the way that Hikuleo like i like how he's looking around the ring he's like which one is legal it's you with green trunks and he literally just drags him over <laughs> and puts him over him, uh puts him over show for the pin it was just it was so funny and so well done and i'm really enjoying this story of Hikuleo, like you know of a bullet club trying so hard to kick his ass for betraying them, but they just can't.
0: Yeah, exactly right. I love it. I love it, too. I think we're probably one day going to see Hikileo in WWE, probably with Tamatanga and Tangelo versus the Bloodline in a couple of years.
1: Versus the Good Brothers and AJ Styles.
0: Gross. Match number four, Yoshihashi and Hiroki Goto versus the Great Khan and Jeff Cobb. From the United Empire, the boys from the Empire win. Jeff Cobb hits Tour of the Islands in 10 minutes and 9 seconds.
1: Man, Jeff Cobb is good, but but there is another big guy that I think is going to make a bigger splash in New Japan than Jeff Cobb right now. Uh,
0: the, the big whale, Jonah? Yep. I think so. I, I can't wait to see some Jonah versus Jeff Cobb feud. Same. That's going to be good. Next match, an eight-man tag. This was a little weird. So we had Los Ingobernables, <laughs> Bushi, uh, Bushi Hiromu, Sonata, and Tetsuya Naito versus uh, the Empire's Francisco, Akira, TJP, Aaron Hanare, and, of course, the leader, Will Ospreay. So yeah, this was the debut of Teton, who is now in Los Ingobernables. Do you know much about Teton?
1: Yeah, so he's in CMLL. Uh he's he's kind of gone through the ranks in through CMLL. He's he was actually in the Super Juniors this past year. Titan, he's good. He's very good. He's he is a much better Bushi. He is on he's kind of like a buffer Ray Phoenix. Uh not quite um uh Penta, but he's kind of like in between them in terms of style. He's a little oh, shit. more well- he's a little more He's he he does the high flying stuff, but he's a little more technical.
0: Nice. Well, that's that's uh, pretty high praise. There, I'm definitely pumped to check out some of his work. It seemed like so he it kind of seemed like he invited himself. Like yes. he kind of he like it, he wanted to prove himself to Los Angeles, So he was like, I'm gonna help beat these motherfuckers up and show them I belong. And he kind of like asked. Slash said he was joining and it seemed like three of the four were for it, but Hiromu was a little trepidatious. So maybe that'll be something that plays out down the line. But yeah, Teton has joined the group. So, uh, Los and Gobernables win this match with Teton interference in about eight minutes.
1: I like this match, but the whole like that whole ending sequence with Titan just yelling into the mic, kind of like you know, being squirrely, getting onto the apron, and then yelling into the mic, it was just so awkward. And I love like how L.I.J. is just like staring at this guy, like, who the fuck is this guy?
0: <laughs> exactly, yeah, it was it was funny. It took so long to play out, to, it was very, very strange, yeah. And
1: Harumu we- kind of played the role of uh, of uh, the ooze, uh, what's his name, uh, Jay
0: yeah exactly yeah the like trepidatious like looking at this motherfucker like i do not trust this guy he is that ooze for sure
1: yeah and i I, i'm interested to see what happens because number one this is the first non-japanese member of lij and he's i'm assuming just because of the way that all of this played out that he is going to be a junior heavyweight so i think we are gonna like is this The road, the door for Takahashi to leave LIJ and kick off a solo career.
0: I think so. I hope so. It's far past time for that. If he's healthy enough to do it, I hope
1: it it is time. Yep. Okay, the next match. Holy shit that I love this match a lot more than I thought I would. Really interesting. Master Wato
0: defeats Taiji Ishimori in 14 minutes, 40 seconds. Go, buddy. Tell us about it.
1: So this match was originally supposed to be Ishimori versus uh, Kashida. Kashida is still out with sickness, um, and Maserato stepped in. I really enjoyed this match. At the end of the day, um, it, yeah, it's like I, I'm a I'm, I, I don't know. I really enjoy Ishimori. That that's what it comes down to. Um, yeah, it was relatively fast paced. Um, you know Watto he, anytime he tried going for top rope moves Ishimori always caught him and he would turn it into something like at one point Wato went for I don't know what he was going for from the top rope um, but Ishimori literally puts on an STF right after um, and it was a lot of back and forth of that like I find that you know it was if there's ever been a 50-50 match this was it uh, but I guess this was I guess this is considered an upset Win for Master Watto
0: Oh big time yeah Pinned the champion in a non-title match Right so yeah Master Watto The biggest point of his career maybe
1: Yeah and then they start playing out The Angle because after the match, uh, Maserato grabbed the mic, and right before he could say anything, Hiromu Takahashi comes out. Uh, and then El Desperado ran in. He takes the mic, the mic from Hiromu. Desperado taunts Ishimori, uh, kind of, you know, and, and all that. So Ishimori returned to the ring and challenged to make this a four way match. Yeah, and the announcers
0: pointed out that's ballsy for the champion to make it a four-way because he has only a 25% chance of winning or whatever, right? So, yeah, so four-way down the line, Ishimori, Wato, Hiromu, and Desperado.
1: I'm guessing that's the match at Wrestle Kingdom. I think so. Well, you think Kishida would do then? That's the thing, right? Like maybe it's like you're sick too bad so sad or maybe they have something else for him. Uh, maybe he'll face Titan. Um I think that oh that would be a good match.
0: True, really good call. I bet that might be it.
1: Yeah, but I think this is this will be great. And what I can really see happening is Hiromu winning, Titan winning, and then we see Titan and Hiromu going at it. Cuz like just the way that it played out, you know that they're going to eventually fight each other.
0: Yeah, and I yeah I can see yeah, the, L-I-G or, uh the L I G or yeah L I J J being a little yeah yeah and them them being a little uh, miffed maybe at uh, young Hiromu not accepting this guy yeah it, it'll be
1: interesting to see how it plays yeah, out yeah but I love seeing these angles right like New Japan like it's rare that you get these these types of angles in New Japan so I'm really enjoying this what's even rarer is the next match out of the Vince Russo book of booking. You
0: think so? I don't think so, really. The who's well, your okay, daddy so, match? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was the presentation was a little strange here for sure. So the seventh match of this show, Shingo Takagi versus El Fantasmo in a who's your daddy match. Now it wasn't like uh, the the pre match video package was really strange. Lots of like graphics of like children and stuff. But uh, the match itself, it wasn't like diapers and baby powder, like X-Pac and Razor Ramon had one of the the, the crybaby match. It wasn't quite like that. It was a regular, normal match. And at the end, the loser had to declare the winner to be his daddy. And that's what (laughs) happened. Shingo Takagi. yeah, yeah, it was it was, it was pretty funny. Yeah, I see, I don't think it was like ridiculous, like Vince no. Russo level. I thought it was a little bit of fun. But yeah, so uh, Takagi taps up, fant fa- tops out, Phantasmo sixteen minutes and one second with the ground cobra twist.
1: Okay, two comments I'm gonna make. Number one, let's remember this is. You know, uh, Shingo is the king of pro wrestling champ right now. And that entire trophy, that entire division is a joke. It's comedy, right? Like, it's 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 the Toro Yano division, essentially. It just hurts me. It pains me to see two talented guys like Shingo and El Phantasmo doing these types of matches. I think that's what hurt me the most. But the match itself was fine. But it's everything around it was like, oh, here we go.
0: Yeah, it's fair. It was very silly. Uh, it definitely is not going to be one that you remember because of that. They worked very hard in the ring. Like, it was an excellent match in the ring. But yeah, because of all the nonsense, it's not going to be something that sticks with you for sure.
1: Here's the thing also El Phantasma at the end of it uh, low blows uh, Shingo and destroys the King of Pro Wrestling trophy. Is this the end of this gimmick?
0: I hope so. I think it's run its course. And if they have the television title, they don't need this one as well. It'd be a good way to write out the title. I had had that thought. I hope that they kind of just retire
1: it here. Yep. Yeah. so let's talk about that The TV title. Uh, so New Japan Pro Wrestling has announced a New Japan World Television Championship in partnership with TV Asahi. Each match has a 15-minute time limit. High speed is encouraged. It is youth-focused. And a tournament to crown the new champion begins next week with the culmination happening at Wrestle Kingdom 17 January 4th 2023 all title matches will air for free on New Japan World and all social media platforms
0: that's a fun idea like the YouTube title. i hope that they'd stick with that and keep that going and it's regularly defended this is this is intriguing they straight up said that it's Vibes of the high speed title in stardom, right? So that's what they want. They want this to be the version of that title, which is meant to push the younger wrestlers, kind of like an X Division title.
1: Yeah. This is their version of the digital media championship, right? Um, what you think of the belt design?
0: It's, I, I hate it. The belt actually <laughs> sucks. It's one of the worst belts in wrestling today already. They need yeah. to change it.
1: I feel like they were going for like an old school territories. L- Type of belt, but it just looks ridiculously horrible. Yeah,
0: that's exactly right. Yeah, they wanted to, they were trying to do a little too much. I think they wanted that territory feel. They wanted to include the new Japan world logo, and it just looks like, uh, I don't know, like a bronzed, <laughs> I don't know, like something like a, a kid made at art class that your grandma bronzed or something, right?
1: It looks like something your kid made that you're forced to put on the fridge because they're your kid and you can't tell him his shit. Exactly. As two guys with no kids, apparently. uh,
0: (laughs) Yeah. Apparently. I hope not. We don't know. I guess we don't know for sure. Uh, Match number eight. Best match on the show. Possibly best match of the entire podcast. This was a banger. Okada versus Jonah 2. So... Without surprise, Kazuchika Okada has now had the two best matches of Jonah's career. I don't think that's even up for debate. But this one was almost as good as their G1 match. Not quite there. Still fantastic. Okada wins in 19 minutes and 53 seconds with the Rainmaker. I said a couple times during this match, wow, Jonah's beating the shit out of this guy. He whipped him hard into the barricade, clotheslined him hard, powerbombed him hard. Jonah hit this man hard.
1: Yeah. What? Okay. The booking of this match was just masterful. Not only did they pay tribute to Antonio Inoki, but they called back to their G1 match, and Okada righted some of his wrongs from that match.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Keep you paying attention, Boris. So I thought their first one was a classic, and this one was just a shade below. It's going to be high on our list of top 122 at the end of the year. Which is
1: coming up real fast, man.
0: Oh yeah, you know, I need to I need to sink my teeth into that in the next couple of days for sure. Yeah, it's been a busy weekend with people around, but uh, Mike around. Uh, the great Mike McGuire crashing on my couch. I think he's actually at Joe's house right now and they're going to do Raw after, which is going to be a lot of fun. Anyway, so yeah, I need to get back to the list. Uh, here's a match that won't be on the list, but was very good. Just a little too long. It ran into the New Japan issue of just too much, too much of a good thing. Tonga versus Jay White. Jay White wins in 31 minutes and seven seconds with the Blade Runner. So it was a good match, a good showing from Tonga, who has become a pretty solid babyface. But this was not like this is not like when Okada wrestles friggin' whoever, El Desperado. And you think for a split second that are they gonna put the title of Desperado? You know what I mean? Like you never had that that suspense of disbelief here with the heel Jay White versus babyface Tonga.
1: Okay, so I 100% agree with you. 100%. You're, like, perfectly right. I think that the match went too long. I think that, having said that, though, uh, there was one moment, I think at about the 30-minute mark, where uh, Tama jumps to his feet, hits the gun stun, and I think half the building thought he won the belt
0: yeah there was a moment there actually you are right that was a pretty good near fall although i got not to be like man it didn't impress me it was an excellent wrestling match these guys worked very hard but i gotta tell you that moment i it didn't fool me i did not think that he was i, I was like well jay's kicking out here i you just think I you're better think than me now
1: this. you think you're better than me
0: <laughs> i love it some real goodwill hunting energy how do you like them apples i love it so much
1: but it's yeah, not your fault Matt. Uh, it's not your fault <laughs>
0: Perfect. I do think I'm better than you and all wrestling fans. No, I'm just kidding. No, I just, yeah. I just, I just, I don't believe that they'll ever put the IWGP on Tamatanga. I think you'll go to WWE before that happens.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. But I just I, I, just love those moments where it's like you know what the outcome is going to be. And even then, like, they try so hard to make you believe it's going to go another direction. Like, I, I agree with you. I didn't think Tamatanga was going to win, but just the crowd reaction was amazing, right? Kevin Kelly, like, like they, they were so good in this match, trying so hard in this match. Um, But, you know, for, for, for Tamatanga's solo career, I think this is pretty good. Don't give them 31-minute matches. Like, let, let's hold... Let, New Japan, Booker Man, do not make every main event a 30-minute match. Not every main event needs to be a 30-minute match. I know we say this almost every time we talk New Japan, but this is a perfect example of a match that you could have accomplished the exact same thing, maybe even have more emotion to it in 15 minutes.
0: Now exactly right, man. That's why the G1... Fun matches are so good because they do have that tight uh window that they stay in. Although it's a thirty minute time limit, they rarely go anywhere near the thirty minute time limit. Anyway, hundred percent agree. Good show. Check out the Jonah versus Okada match for sure. That might be the match of the week. Yep. You gotta start doing match of the week on this podcast. We should just not even we should stop doing long reviews and just do like match of the week top five.
1: Yeah, we'll see we'll see there's certain shows that we should talk about I, I, I like talking about New Japan New Japan always gets some good attention Impact there's a lot more attention and impact we'll see what happens moving forward because I know there's a lot of pissed off fans about Bully Ray Um. so yeah but yeah I, I kind of like that that's why I try to also skip through quick some of the reviews not going into too much detail
0: yes yeah alright well Mike's calling me buddy so I think we gotta stop this podcast here I gotta go see if I gotta let this
1: guy into my house Alright, so that is another episode of BAM Weekly, uh, the show where we chat some sports, the show where we chat some entertainment, and if we bring it all together, chat some sports entertainment, 1249 Queen Street West, 1 to 5 p.m. This Wednesday, October the 12th, bash at the bar, our pre-dynamite party. Come one, come all, free attendance. Just pay your bill there, and remember, do not drink and drive. I'm going to be there. Matt's going to be there. Mike's going to be there. Joe's going to be there. Dan's going to be there. It's going to be most of the S Enemy crew, along with Dark Side of the Elite and the handshaking team, THT, who have been awesome to work with. Huge shout out to Randy for putting most of this party together. You've done an awesome job. Matt, it's been awesome as always. He's Matt. I'm Boris. Until next time, stay tranquilo.